hair curlers and her diary. It had been given to her by her father as a 13th birthday present on June the 12th, and she had started to write in it that day. Little did she know that it would become one of the very great diaries of the world, a document of memories both happy and sad, of great hopes and fears, in which she recorded the tensions, the kindnesses, the rows, and the love of those hiding with her. After a month, the Franks were joined by another family. In her diary, Anne called them Mr. and Mrs. Van Dan, though their real name was Pelse, and they came with their son, Peter. Soon after, they were all joined by a dentist, whom Anne called in her diary Mr. Alfred Dussel, though his real name was Fritz Pfeiffer. For two years, these eight people lived, ate, slept, read, and exercised in that cramped secret annex, knowing that the odds of their survival were tiny. Every day they could be discovered. It needed just one little noise, the creak of a floorboard, a dropped cup, a sneeze, to give the game away to office workers who might just call the Gestapo, the Nazi secret police. Some of the people in the building did know. Four of them, Mr. Kopehaus, Miep Gies, Ellie Vossen and Mr. Kraler, knew about the hidden families. They also knew the risk they were taking by looking after their secret charges, bringing food, clothes and, just as important, the books and papers which were to prevent the two families going mad with attention. Anne was a lively girl, a bundle of energy with a great enthusiasm for life. She loved talking. To be cooped up between four walls day and night was a nightmare. It was a diary that kept her sane. She chatted to it almost every day. Even before moving into the secret annex, she had invented a friend called Kitty, and it was to Kitty that she now wrote pages and pages of her most private thoughts and observations. I don't have a friend, she said. I want the diary to be my friend. And it was. In it, she noted how all the adults were irritated by the chiming every quarter of an hour of the clock in the Vesterkerk, the neighbouring church, though she liked it. She realised the close bond she had with her father and the worsening relationship with her mother. She wrote how much she missed her cat, Mortia, how she, who loved running and the open sky, desperately wanted to get out, but knew she didn't dare, even at night. And she recorded the day-to-day pattern that the demands of total secrecy required. Life in the secret annex was run to a strict schedule. The alarm clock ran at 6.45am and all eight people had to be washed, dressed and ready for the morning of total silence by 8.30am when the staff arrived at the warehouse. Breakfast, dry bread and coffee on most mornings, was eaten on the top floor in the Dan's room. For the rest of the morning, few people moved, and if they did, it was without shoes. Only at 12.30, when the staff went out to lunch, could the Frank and Dan families relax, Anne says in her diary. A bookcase on hinges had been built in front of the door, separating the secret annex from the office. This would swing open, and the staff members who knew about the hiding place came up, bringing provisions bought with forged ration cards, and talked about the progress of the war. They would all crowd round a small radio and listen to the BBC while eating soup. By 2pm, everything was back in place and silence ruled again. While the official work went on below, 
everyone in the annex buried themselves in a book, or in Anne's case, wrote. At 5.30 the staff left, and the two families could afford to move again, washing clothes, tidying the annex, taking exercise in a desperate attempt to keep active and healthy. But there was always the fear of someone next door hearing through the walls, or a sudden unexpected caller. On a few occasions, burglars broke in and frightened both themselves and the hiding families. On another occasion, they were convinced a plumber had heard some noise. Anne read and wrote. She wanted to keep up her schoolwork so that she wouldn't be behind when she went back to school. She learnt shorthand. She learnt Latin, English and French. Though both families had originally come from Germany, the German language was not spoken unless it was readings from the great poets like Goethe or Schiller. History, mathematics, which she didn't like, biology...